This podcast is brought to you by JList.com. Right now on JList.com, Nendoroids are back and they're better than ever with all new Nendoroids in stock. They have One Punch Man, ReZero, Cabinetti of the Iron Fortress, and also non-anime favorites such as Harley Quinn and the Joker, Star Wars, and Zelda. So you can get all of these and more on JList.com. So go check it out. I might buy one from my office. So support this anime podcast with all of your anime shopping needs. I got it. What? Most dangerous geist. Oh my god! When the when the orbital satellite falls to Earth and yeah. he comes out the orbital orb, orb, the orbital satellite. Just show her. The, there is an awfully good shot yeah. of Geist's buttocks. Just show her the last episode of Berserk. The sight of Geist's buttocks, his most dangerous buttocks, would instantly provide her the enthusiasm and the motivation to fall in love with anime. You are listening to the Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast. Make your anime addiction worse at aaapodcast.com. And now, here are your anime addicts. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the 357th episode of the Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Ah, that's right. I am here. Uh, My name is Kazuo, and I am joined by my good friend, Mitsugi. Mitsugi, how's it going? It's going pretty well, and and you're looking very handsome today in your Star Wars shirt, so... Thank you. Enjoying that. I appreciate that. In celebration for the new Star Wars movie coming out a year from now. Yeah. <laughs> in celebration for the movie coming out in December. Which we <laughs> talked about on Hobby Addicts. It's true. We did. We also talked about my other top 10 most anticipated movies of 2017. I wonder what they could be. I don't know. You have to tune in to find out. Uh, of course, you can find that on our website, aapodcast.com. From there, you'll be able to create an account to gain access to our additional content, such as the Hobby Addicts, Hentai Episodes, After Parties, etc. The Naughty. (laughs) The Naughty, the Nice, and everything in between. Yep. Uh, We are also available on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, all the places you go to find podcasts. Check us out there. And on Facebook and Twitter, Facebook is facebook.com slash podcast and facebook.com slash groups slash AAA podcast. Join the growing army. Yes. Come hang with us. It's a lot of fun. Um, you can also find us on Twitter, AA podcast or at AA Kazuo for myself. Um, on this episode. Yes. What are we doing today? I, I must know. This episode, we're going to be doing a mailbag catch up, kind of a roundup of all the mailbags. We are quite a bit behind, I believe like four months or so. So we'll be catching up on a lot of that. We'll also be doing impressions on several shows. We've got Akiba's Trip, uh, Urara Meirocho. Meirocho? You're killing it. It's yeah. good. Nailing it. Yep. Uh, Demi-chan wa Kira... Mm, Kitai. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Eld Live and Fuka. I still don't know how to say Eld Live. The E, the e has Yeld. like a swivel over it and it's... I don't know. Eldive? Um, so yes, we've got a lot going on in this episode. Yeah, it's pretty packed. You know, I, I looked at our Google Doc and the mailbag list was just huge. We were like literally four and a half months behind, and I, I said to myself, we got to rectify this. So we're going to bang out quite a few mailbags for you guys. And, oh, we're going to bang them out. We're going to bang them, and we're going to try to get caught up, because 
because we owe it to you. We're gonna plow right through those mailbags. We're gonna we're gonna go hard and deep. Ew. <laughs> to the bottom of the mailbag and pick out a special letter from you, the listener. Yes. And then we're going to rub it all over our face, neck, oh, and chest. Oh, God. And just bathe in your That's mailbags. That's too much. We're going to lick your mail <laughs> Lick your mail sack. I'm writing on my document right now, explicit. <laughs> this episode is now explicit. Yeah. All Anyways, right. Uh, before we get into that, though, it's time for this week's... Boom. Drop it. Boom. All right, Mitsugi, what do we got? Anime Strike, streaming service, now available on Amazon.com, which I think actually does more harm to the anime industry than good, in Wait, a strange way. How so? Well, so it's five bucks a month, which is super cheap. Right. A hundred bucks a year. However. However. In order to access it, you have to already be an Amazon Prime subscriber. Oh, really? Yes. But so, that's like a lot of people. Sure. Yeah. That's an insane amount of people. But you may not be. I'm yeah. not. Yeah. An Enemy Prime subscriber. So, or Enemy Prime, an Amazon Prime subscriber. But you really only need to have one person per household with it, with, 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 with Amazon Prime to access it. True. Well, so, 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 here's, so here's my train of thought on this. And, and, and feel free to argue with me if you want. It's, it's all good. The, the anime industry for streaming isn't... It's doing okay, but it's not it's not blowing it out of the water. And right. we, and we recently saw companies like Crunchyroll and Funimation sort of collaborating on a lot of things which in a way is a normal thing for an for an industry to do when companies aren't doing well. It's mm -hmm. what happened to Sirius and XM Radio. They were both struggling, and rather than beating each other up until they both go bankrupt, they decide, "Well, this is dumb. Let's just combine forces and become a stronger united entity as one." Okay. A lot yeah. of companies do this. Yeah. Well, so Crunchyroll and Funimation made a small step towards that. Right. By kind of combining Earlier, their forces and now Crunchyroll is coming out with all the a lot of the sub subtitled content and Funimation a lot of the dubs and stuff. Right. So they're working together. Yeah. So but I think adding a so now we've got Netflix, Hulu, Am um Amazon now. Yeah. Funimation and Crunchyroll all have these services. Yeah. In addition to all the websites and things that you can stream illegally. And that's a I think that's the biggest problem. Is that well, it is a problem. Is that it's so it's it's just as easy, if not easier, to stream things illegally than it is to actually use a subscription service. That's true, but even amongst the legal services, adding another service from a big company like Amazon yeah. only serves to fragment the industry even more. That's the word I was so, thinking so, of. So, so here's the deal, right? You've got let's just call it a hundred million dollars worth of money that can possibly be spread across all these streaming services. One hundred million dollars? Let me be clear, it's okay. way less than that. Okay. I guarantee it's way less. But let's just say for the sake of an easy number, a hundred million bucks for the whole of the of the of the viewing world okay. that would pay money for these services. Now now you've taken now you were splitting that money four ways. Mm. Now you're splitting it five ways. Right. Some of these companies that were barely managing before may no longer be able to operate profitably because they're now you know you're now spreading the pool of money too evenly, too much, too too far across the available sort of right. No, I market. agree. With you. Yeah, I think what you said about it being fragmented is huge because you know it, it's it's irritating even for uh, for me because like we watch so many shows every season and it's like all right, well. So, you know, you have some shows on Crunchyroll, some shows are available on Funimation, some are available on Netflix, and it's like just you have to have all, five different subscription services just to watch 
you know, the anime coming out that right. season. It's ridiculous. And let me just tell you this. Amazon is, I mean, they could buy every other company that streams anime in a blink and not feel it sure. on, on, their, on, their, on, their, on, their, on their balance sheets because they're so much bigger. So when you've got, if, if what I'm saying happened and you have these companies like Crunchyroll that are barely, if they were to become, begin to barely be profitable... A lot of companies would would fold up shop or merge with another company to try to maintain their 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 profitability. Amazon doesn't give a shit. They're right. so profitable. They make so much money that they will eat the loss. It makes you wonder why they even got into anime streaming because it's like it seems like they're in everything nowadays. But but I just think I, they're trying to conquer media in general. I, I guess, but it seems like um, anime streaming isn't going to make them that much money, and and Amazon is an insanely huge company making just hundreds of billions of dollars probably and it won't but why would they even bother with such a small market i don't know but if they were to but if they were to drive but if but they will they will be able to withstand losing money forever because it's not going to be a a big loss and amazon makes is so giant so they will ride the wave forever whereas a company like funimation won't be able to do that yeah. So they may view themselves as a the new big fish in the market, which they're Amazon. They kind of instantly are that. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if they think to themselves, well, you know, once Hulu and Netflix pull out, and maybe Funimation goes under, we're we basically own this market, and now it's now rather than being like you know ten twenty million bucks, we're now adding like fifty sixty million dollars to our to our revenue. Which it's a corporation; they're always trying to find ways to add money. Sure. You know, it's unfortunate that this market is becoming so fragmented. The good thing is, though, is you have one solid source for all of your anime news and reviews. That's the AA podcast. Oh, the AAA podcast, yeah. bringing it to you. That's right. That's I, like, right. I like where you went there. You don't have to go to different sources. You can get it all right here, baby. So um, Netflix, Amazon already has exclusives from this season also. They have Scum... Oh, sc- Scum's Wish. Yeah. Terrible name. What the hell is that? Oh, yeah, they got Oni Hey, The Great Passage, Vivid Strike, and Cheese Sweet Adventure. All exclusive titles. They also have some good movies on there. I saw they had yeah. um, uh, Akira's on there. Uh, a couple others, but some big movies uh, available streaming there. Yeah, there's, there's definitely a lot of shows on there, and um, they have a large selection of shows from this season, too. And honestly, I'm all, the other thing that I don't like about this is that I don't want to have to pay money to five different services to watch all the anime that are available. Six even. Somebody else in the chat mentioned Daisuke. I don't know if they charge for their services, but I remember they were streaming One Punch Man. That's wouldn't, where I watched it. Wouldn't you rather just get all your shows from one or two places? A hundred percent. I mean, if I, you know, I mean, I mean, yeah, five bucks, six bucks, seven bucks a month for a service isn't a lot, but when you're doing four well, or and five just, of them, and it's just it adds irritating up. to have to like look search for. And I know it's like super first world problem, but. To, to have to like search on different platforms for a specific thing. Like if I want to watch a, a show or even like a movie or something, I have to be like, all right, well, let me see if it's on Netflix. Nope. Okay. Let me see if it's on Funimation. Nope. Let me see if it's on Crunchyroll. Nope. Let's see if it's on. And it's like, just if I can get it all aggregated to one place, or even if, you know, it might make a ton of money. What? Is if someone created like an app or a service of some sort where you just, um, like it can be a, like I said, an app or whatever, where you search for a, a movie or a show or whatever it may be. And it searches all those different services and you can punch in like, I have this service, this service, and this, and this service. And it searches those. And then you can be like, oh, okay, cool. It's available on Netflix. And you can click on it and take well, straight to Netflix. I know that Chiaki has some source that she goes to where she can look up really quickly, which services have which anime. I'm not okay. sure what she uses, but I know that, the, I know that's a thing. Okay. If you think about all the, all, all the, all the companies that offer these types of streaming services, 
it's kind of sad, but it's the anime companies that are the small ones. Like, Netflix, beastly giant company, right? Yeah, but their anime selection is pretty poor. They have anime, but... Yeah, but some people may say, "Oh, I already have, ne- I already pay for Netflix. I have plenty of anime on there. I don't need to subscribe to Crunchyroll." There are people that are saying that. Yeah, Amazon, Netflix, and Hulu are all big. Hulu is a little smaller, but they're big, mm-hmm. right? Well, and Hulu also mm-hmm. recently got rid of almost all their anime. They dropped a lot of it, yeah. yeah. But it's it's Netflix, it's Crunchyroll and Funimation that are the tiny little fish in the market now. But they're also cheaper. Like I think Funimation's like five bucks a month. I mean, this new Amazon thing is five bucks. And if Amazon really wanted five bucks in addition to your hundred dollars you're paying for the year. If Amazon really, it's not a, you don't have to. Well, for for, for Prime. Amazon Prime, yeah, because you have to have Prime. But you're saving tons of money by buying things with not Amazon really. on shipping. I had Prime for a month, and it was like, all right, well, I guess if I Depends if I on the forced person. myself to buy everything on Amazon, then it would be worth it, kind of. But it's like, well, that's uh, what I do. I buy everything on Amazon. Yeah, I, I did it for like a month, and I was like, eh, I don't need it. If Amazon really got aggressive, I'm sure they could charge two dollars a month for their for this service, and they wouldn't care. It would mm. be it would be worth it to them just to remove the other players in the market. Yeah, and take and make a little less money for a couple years. True. Drive out all the competition, and then they reset the price to five. Mm. Now, hoping that doesn't happen, but that is, this is this is inside of the realm of possibility. We've seen it happen in other industries, so. That, was that too was was that a little too gloom gloom and doom? Uh no, I think uh, we had a pretty balanced opinion. Is that just like a splash of realism? <laughs> yeah, we need we need more fantasy than realism in our lives at this time. Yeah. Okay. So, um, do you have any do you have anything else to add to that? No, I think we about covered it. Howdy, partner. I seen you riding in on that dusty trail. Welcome to the good, the bad, and the moe. All right, for the good, the bad, and the moe. For the good, smell creating VR device is in development in Japan. Huh. So you wonder yourself, what are all the different ways that virtual reality could sort of. Uh, um, Infiltrate your senses, right? Right. Well, we already have the visual, and there's some tactile stuff that comes out. But there's like a but in all media in general, there's a, there's one sense that's really totally ignored all the time, and that's your sense of smell. Sense of smell is a really powerful sense. Oh, of course, yeah. They say it's the the sense that is most tied to your memory is your sense of smell. So there's a company called called Vaxo, um, which is a firm that's headquartered in Japan, but is but but is but operates out of Tokyo. And they have a device that they've created that will go onto VR headsets that are about the size of a candy bar, and it will go onto the bottom of a VR headset around where your nose would go. Yeah. And it will allow you to, and it will react to different smells that occur in, in a given in-game situation. So the examples that they, the, the key example they gave was like the smell of gunpowder when you're playing like a shooting game. Oh. I mean, why not? Why? It, you're in virtual reality, right? You're trying to simulate reality. Yeah, so, yeah. Wouldn't you, if you're firing some machine gun or something, wouldn't it make sense that you may be you may be smelling some gunpowder? Right. Then they then they had like an example of um, I guess a game they were playing where there were some peaches or something hanging and they were shooting them and then you could smell the peaches. Mm. That's not a bad idea. A girl and a girl at the end of the demo they had like you could smell her and she could smell her shampoo. I mean, there's like some really naughty hentai esque uses of this, obviously, but. 
It sounds really cool. I mean, it seems like it's it's like it's like a sense that up until now has been largely ignored in media. And I, I wonder why it took us so long to sort of think about this. And maybe it was just because we didn't have the capability up until now. Yeah, um, I, I think it's in- an interesting concept. Um, I don't know how practical it is, but I guess if they're working on the technology and they've got something that they are sold on and they think it's going to work, then why not? The other smells that they mentioned were fried chicken, curry, cypress, rusty, uh, even nasty smells like yeah. rotting flesh or sewage yeah. that would be used for games like Resident Evil. You know what I like? And one of the things that I'm most interested in VR for is travel, it, virtual travel. So, you know, you think about like people watch a lot of these like travel channel shows about people going to and walking around uh, like, uh, you know, in Europe somewhere or on Jamaica or island. Like, could you imagine being in virtual reality on an island or, you know, or in Japan and your and your virtual reality going down the streets of Tokyo and you smell the ramen shop or you smell like the ocean water at the beach or whatever, like just being able to... Um, put you more into that into that world is, is something that I think would be really interesting. So for the bad, well, we all knew this was coming, I think, but um, Nintendo announced that The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild is the last game for Wii U. Okay, yeah, well, obviously. Well, I didn't, it wasn't obvious to me. I just knew they were... I mean, it, I knew it was coming out on Wii U, but I didn't know that was the last game oh, for Wii well, U. Oh, well, I mean, to be fair... What, I mean, there's no games on Wii. Like, yeah, well, I mean, now it's official. Yeah. Uh, and for the Moe, lastly, the Japanese government has made Kirito from Sword Art Online an official member of the National Center of Incident Readiness and Security for Cyber Secure and Strategy for Cyber Security, the longest department name ever for a government, <laughs> what? an official officer of their department. That's the National Center of Incident Readiness and Strategy for Cyber for Cybersecurity. So I guess they're going the they're, they're going through a program in Japan right now to make people more aware of like internet cybersecurity inter- cybersecurity and all this. Huh. And so as part of a campaign to promote awareness, they have used Sword Art Online and the character Kirito and other characters from Sword Art Online to appear on posters and things like that. They're going to be that they're going to be putting all over Japan, all over Tokyo for Cybersecurity Awareness Month. It's ridiculous. Okay. Which will run from February 1st to March 18th. And the, it's a it's a tie-in collaboration because there is a Sword Art Online movie that is coming out on the 18th of February. Oh, okay. So that's they're kind why. of working together, you know. Yeah, yeah. Sword Art Online's like a cyber thing, you know, that's like internet game and all that. Right, right. So it, it kind of makes sense what they're yeah, doing. Yeah. Interesting. It's always yeah. interesting to me how like Japan uses these anime characters as um, like mascots and whatnot. Like you would never see that in the states, you know. Um. I don't know. We, I mean, we've had like we, we've had cartoon mascots for stuff. Like there was Smokey the Bear. Yeah, but you know, it, stuff but, like that. But he's not like there's no Smokey the Bear show, you know, and it's not a government agency. Well, I guess it may, might be. Yeah. Well, the government of the United States, I don't think, has used like, like Scooby Doo or could something. You, for, could, you, could you imagine that? Like, uh, no, I can't actually. Yeah, like the uh, the CIA's mascot is Popeye or some crap like that. Oh You'd no, like, no, what no, the hell? Well, you've seen the mascot for, for for the for the police in Japan. It's like this little cartoon alien guy. Yeah, like a fuzzy little alien with an antenna coming out of his head. That's funny. Okay, that's it for the good, the bad, and the moe. All right. Well, um, I guess at that point, we're gonna take 
Uh, let's see. Are we taking a news break? We're going to trivia. Oh, we're going to trivia. Yes, of course. The in- the First off, the weekly trivia from the website. Uh, you can head over to aapodcast.com to answer those questions. The one, uh, the answer for this week was Princess Tutu. Yeah, it was a tough picture. Um, Chiaki oh. really picked a, a nasty, tough picture. The The resolution on it wasn't real great. And oh, jeez. Princess Tutu not being a overwhelmingly popular show to begin with. The correct answers were Mississippi Mudslide, Astrophysics, Golden Jedi Link, Ken Alexander, Alexander Chibi Rob, Outla Miles, and Germanly Mudkip, Icy Rose, Nell1876, and Karma Assassin. All right. Well, not, not too bad. Yeah. yeah. The winner for this week is going to be Ken Alexander. Yes, indeed. And the month's winner. Mm-hmm. Who is it? Is Nelly1876. Holy moly. Congratulations. It must be my birthday. Nice. All right. That's uh, like the I feel like that's like the third or fourth time Nelly eighteen seventy six has won trivia. Possibly, I think she's in the chat. But so. this is like the seventy ninth round of trivia or something something ridiculous. Oh my God, I remember you know I remember back in the day and we were just on our first, the first ever round of trivia. You remember that? I, I don't remember. No, that. I don't remember. That. Oh okay. Uh, I was so that was so long ago. I was barely alive then. You were barely alive. Yeah. You were you were a young man at that time. Yeah right. How how the I was never changed. young. I was old, I was I was old, old even the day I was born. I could definitely see that. All right. right, well, we also have our in-show weekly trivia, which we will answer after our news break. The question is, the anime Devil Survivor 2 is based after what popular video game franchise? This might be the easiest question of all time. Is it? Yeah. I don't I don't know, man. Well, Some I, people won't know this. Maybe I'm thinking of a different game then. I could be wrong. We'll see if you know it. All right, we'll find out after the news break, so stick around, and we'll be right back. Mitsugi, and it's time for your first anime news break. Getting it started off is a little bit of news from Square Enix that might surprise a lot of you gamers out there. It looks like Square Enix has announced that it is making its first mobile app game aimed at female players. That's right, you would be you would think that mobile app games geared at female players had already been released by Square Enix, but this new game Kimito Iri no Labyrinth, otherwise known as You and the Labyrinth of Fog, is going to be part of the iOS and Android app that will feature virtual reality functionality and is geared towards female players. The promo for the games features 12 silhouetted characters with a fantasy background, showing you that at least it's a fantasy setting with a large cast of characters coming up for VR. So for those of you that are females, I guess, well, look forward to that coming up pretty soon. Next up, coming out of Nintendo, Nintendo has announced that it is going to be putting its Super Mario Run mobile game on Android starting in March. The game was originally released in December and revealed unlockable characters including Luigi, Yoshi, and Toad for the upcoming mobile app game. The game has a one-time payment of $10 which guarantees you unlimited access to all of the game's content and it can be downloaded at no cost but of course there is that paywall involved but for those of you that have been looking forward to playing the game 
coming out on your Android device. It looks like you'll be able to do that starting in March. And next up, more Nintendo news. Pokemon Go, the mobile app game, priorly released by Neontic with collaboration with Nintendo, I suppose, earned $950 million in 2016, making it a giant hit for the game. Pokemon Go was the first mobile app game ever to reach $600 million in its first 90 days of being released, a huge success for the Pokemon franchise and Neontic in general. Neontic also announced that the collective of mankind had walked more than 8.7 billion kilometers as of December 7th, which is a pretty amazing feat. I guess that just shows what it does take to get people off of their couches and out into the fresh air catching their Pokemon. Last up, a little update on what is the most popular television programming for anime in Japan from the week of January 9th through the 15th. Sazai-san continues to crush all anime competition with a rating of a 14, followed by Chibi Madoko-chan, Detective Conan, Doraemon, Crayon Shin-chan, and One Piece, all far behind between a 7 and a 10 rating. Dragon Ball Super also on the list with a 5.8, somehow. Pokemon Sun and Moon on the list with a 3 rating of a 3.9, and probably the odd man out on the list. Curious George, the animated series on NHK with a rating of a 3.4. This was Mitsugi, and this was your first anime news break. Now, well, let's get back to the podcast. Mitsugi, where are you? I'm in the podcast studio. Oh, okay. Wait. What? Oh my God, Mitsugi! Aren't aren't you supposed to hate Moe? You, you know the anime pit of hell and all that stuff. Yeah, well, well, I do. So then, why have all of our studio figures been replaced by a, assorted Moe nendroids? What what happened to Goku? Well, I was on JList.com, and JList has a giant collection of nendroids, and they're just so damned cute. So I bought a bunch of them. Of course, these will be used for Church of Mitsugi experiments only. Yeah, okay. Well, how much of the podcast budget did you spend on this secret Moe-loving endeavor? Not much. Nendoroids are really affordable and super high quality. You should go on JList.com and check out their selection. They have Saitama and Genos Nendoroids. I know how you love One Punch Man. Oh man, I will be on JList.com tonight. One Punch, one website. And we are back to the 357th episode of the Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast. Ah, before we get into our main topic, yes, we want to answer our in-show weekly trivia question, which Kazuo says is very easy. Yeah, I mean, I I knew it. I, if no, if someone in the chat did not know it, I'd like to know honestly. All right, so the question was in the anime or the anime Devil Survivor Two is based after what popular video game franchise? The answer is Shin Megami Tensei. Yo, SMT. It didn't, it didn't always used to be popular though. I, uh, yeah, I, I don't think not it's ever until Persona. Did I guess get, that's did true. Get, not until Persona 3 and 4 came out, did it get big. Wasn't there also Devil Summoner? No. Devil Summoner. Yeah, that was another one yep. from, the, from the same Devil Survivor. Raido Kuzunoha versus the Soulless Army. That I don't remember. What yeah, the heck was that? Raido Kuzunoha, man. Shit. Versus King Abaddon. 
What? <laughs> Are you just making things up now? No, I'm dead serious. Digital Devil Saga. I remember that. Nocturne. I There's a lot of these games. Yeah. Um, okay, so if you got that right, congratulations. If you didn't, well, better look next Go time. Go play some of these games because they're great. They are great games. On the PS2, a lot of them. Uh, so yes, today's main topic, we are doing our mailbag cleanup. We've got a crap load of mailbags to get through, and we are months behind, so we want to try to get through as many as we can, answer your questions, you know, uh, share your thoughts, that kind of thing. So yeah, the first one we have here is from Laughter Girl 2 It yeah. says, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would, <laughs> right. say, I would say with it that we were gonna do the the top anime you have to see before you die. Right. But logistically, this wasn't happening this week. Well, and there's only two of us. You know, we ideally would want to have you know the three people on the show for that if we're all gonna be sharing our top right top lists. Right. Um, you want me to read this one? Yeah, go ahead. It's really long. Right. Our American comic book conventions different. I was attending... Wait, what? Are American anime slash comic book conventions different? Okay. I was, in, I was in attendance for my first con-going experience at OzCon this year in my home country of Australia, and the main thing that I did was wander around what I could only take to a, through the giant dealer's room. There were a few panels, too, but not the variety that I've seen in some YouTube videos. And not as many as the con was sharing the and the, the ex, as the con was sharing the exhibition center with another one. I can only gather it's because Oz Comic Con only has been running for two to three years, to my knowledge. Long story short, my question is, how would my con experience in Australia be compared to your typical con, American con experience? Uh, well, I feel like American cons have a lot more freedom. I'm just kidding. That's oh my a joke. god, that's an America joke. That is not good. Less kangaroos. <laughs> we got more freedom. Less shrimp know. on the Barbie. More America. Yeah, 100 percent more, more America. Guns. More guns. Yeah. More uh, more dancing girls. Babies with guns. That kind of thing. Yeah. You know. No. Um. I'm judging from what she said. It Probably sounds the like, same. Yeah. Pretty much the same thing. Um. Every con in the states is the same. It's <laughs> a bunch of people walking around, being nerdy, talking to each other. Um. A dealer room. Right. It's a bunch of panel rooms and oh. like a foam sword fighting place. Yeah. Or the thing the where they pop the balloon alley. on your head. The fencing thing where they pop the balloon on your head. Yeah, that. That's there sometimes. Artist alley. Right. And then like places where and you then sign. Somewhere, and then somewhere Kazuo is hitting on a random girl. <laughs> Kazuo's getting getting his groove on with a chick. That's uh, not always true. Kimiko's coming in with with high pers- high vol- high high alcohol content boxed wine from the local Publix. Well, I'm also <laughs> with her having the wine from the Publix. Mitsugi and Kazuo <laughs> are doing a panel, and Kazuo's slammed. I'm, he's, I'm he's wasted, wasted yelling at shit, people, <laughs> telling telling the guy from Tekken that you'll make out with him. Do you remember that? That was hilarious. Like, Don't leave. I'll make out with you. Oh, <laughs> uh, that was so fun. It was pretty fun. <laughs> Com- They're never gonna let us come Kimiko, back. Give me go and I were trash. You guys were drunk. Just yelling at the audience and making fools of ourselves. You guys are we're never gonna be able to go back. Oh whatever. Everybody loved us. Yeah, it was good. Um all right. Yeah, I honestly I've never been to a con in Australia, so yeah. that's kind of a tough question, but yeah. I would imagine they're they're quite the same except for the funny accents. The only difference between big cons and little cons in the States is that big cons can get bigger names. And they have musical okay. artists and stuff. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So that's... All right, good point. Um, all right, let's move on to the next question here. Next one comes from Growlix. 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 Uh, Rar. It says, on almost any site, forum, or discussion page, you will see people arguing over who is the strongest, 
who would win and that nonsense. That's not nonsense. That's a very important question. Yes. Who would win? Great question. Geist. <laughs> He's the most dangerous. Yeah. Um, they always include terms like planet buster and blow up the sun. What? I don't know. Uh, bonus points if you can guess what that's from. Uh, okay. Um, wait, Planet Buster or Blow Up the Sun? No clue. Planet Buster sounds like Gunbuster or Gurn Logon or something like that. I don't but know. maybe not. Maybe Gurn Logon. Um, all these arguments include people like Luffy, Madoka, Goku, Beerus, uh, Ichigo, and other ludicrously powered, powerful characters. Uh, I've also, or I've, I've always thought that they were complete nonsense, as all of these people have powers and strength that stretch well beyond reality. What I'd love to know is, do you, who do you think is the most, or is the strongest, purely human anime character without powers? My bet is on Makanouchi Ippo from Hajime no Ippo, but who do you all have in mind? Cheers. Okay, so who is the most powerful human interesting. character without superpowers? So like you couldn't say Krillin, because or could you? Well, because he has power. He's got powers. Yeah, so that doesn't count then. He can fly for God's sake. So they're saying just straight up human, no power. Oh, for sure, it's it's Onizuka. That's a good point. Um, the man who brought down the Midnight Angels, the leader of the Oni Baku. God dang! Oh, I miss the Oni leader of the Oni Baku from Shonan. That's a good point. Holy crap, dude! He takes like five bullets and then he goes and takes out a whole mafia group. Yeah, he's some Onizuka's the shit. I'm trying to I think, want to be like to think if anybody else is is yeah that's I a, want to be like Onizuka because because GTO is just it never gets old it's it's uh, you freaking know what? amazing Godius Maximus in the chat says Golgo from Golgo 13 but that's a good point he's shooting a gun like does that count yeah that's a fair point you're right you're right if we're talking that's just kinda straight lame, up right? well I could snipe you from a mile away well yeah that just makes that just means you're a pussy. <laughs> Ken Alexander in the chat says Moomin Rider. <laughs> he, you know, he may not be the most powerful, but he'll try his best. I'm sticking with Onizuka. Yeah, I think you're right, Onizuka. I can't, I can't think of anybody better. That Pompadour alone. Ah, oh, dude, money. That Pompadour is no, money. No, you know what? Most powerful anime character, Miyazaki. What? He could just erase all the other anime characters. Uh, that doesn't count. That's a superpower. He's not an anime he, character. He 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 could belittle the other animators with verbal abuse until they all are so demeaned that they would just give up on creating anime altogether and just start deleting all of their creations. Well, he's not an anime character, so it doesn't count. He's probably an anime character in something somewhere. I'm sure. All right. Next question is another long one Holy for you. Holy shit. This one comes from Ota Cutie Pie. Oh my god. In August, I started a new job, stuck at, stuck at a cubicle for eight hours a day for the first time in my life, lost. I was soon fed up with listening to the same music repeatedly, even on streaming services, and the endless ads. My husband recommended podcasts, which I had heard him listening to, but had never had an interest in myself. I remembered hearing yours. However, I tried it out. I've listened to nothing else since. Boom! Nailed it. End of mailbag. Crushed. That's it. We retire. Just kidding. Show's like over, everybody. <laughs> You're the bomb. Okay. Uh, through the episodes, I learned I had the same birthday as Chiaki. Wow. We were born on the exact same day. Q Chiaki's. At the exact same time. Q Chie Hori's lucky. Anyway, that's off the topic. And this is kind of long. Yes, it is. So let me ask my question. Backtracking through your episodes, I heard Mitsugi tear apart Shimoneta for their utter lack of success and making any difference in their world through their terrorism. 
<laughs> They're like 14, though. What did you expect? It made me recall most of his preferences and the shows the whole group seems to love and how they were in large part worldwide in nature, spanning the entire country, multiple countries, the world, multiple worlds, or even the universe or multiple universes. I was rather surprised to hear in passing on one episode his positive interest in Silver Spoon and Honey and Clover, both of which I was also a fan of and made me wonder. And here's my question. Oh, Good my God. Lord almighty. <laughs> Never again. I love you, Otaku Cutie Pie, but um, you have a very cute name. Um, what other small world animes do you like or love? Shows whose stories focus no broader than a single town or even a few people. I must ask you to please include Shirobako and Your Line April because I think everyone gets it by now or exclude those. Okay. Good Lord. Holy crap. All right. So what shows do we really enjoy that just take place in like a small town or a small environment? One Punch Man. Eh, yeah. I mean, but One Punch Man is a little more like some of those monsters and stuff are crushing down various cities in Tokyo. Cheese Sweet in, Home. In, in Japan. Okay. That The little cat, she barely leaves the living room. How mm. could the world get any smaller? That's a good point. Or cuter. No, you know what? You're absolutely right. How could the world get any cuter? Fair point. I think there's a ton of these shows. I mean, there's so many different slice of life shows that just take place in one school or one city or whatever. Um, I'm thinking about... Um, Azumanga Dayo. Takes oh, yeah. place in a school. Toradora, which I'm watching right now. Toradora we, from Kazuo. Which we briefly talked about uh, earlier on. Um, probably on the Hobby Odyssey, I think we did. Or, yeah. Um, so, uh, well, what's the one uh, with the calligrapher guy? Um that takes place in that really... I'm just thinking of like small towns. Barakamon. Barakamon, which takes place in that little, uh, you know, middle of nowhere town. That was that was a With fun show. With a little show. wild child. With a wild child, yeah. <laughs> uh, what was it that she says when um, when she like learns how to like write or something and she's, she like thinks she's an adult and her face changes and she's like, everything is beautiful. That's <laughs> it's like funny. so weird. But yeah, there's a ton of those slice of life shows. All right. Next mailbag. Right. Next mailbag. Um, oh, actually, you know what? There was a, a little uh, postscript on Otaku Otakuti Pie's message. Oh, here. thanks. Sorry, this was long. I look forward to listening to your podcast for years to come. Thank you. That's right. You better be listening because if not, I will find you. Oh yeah, and I will <laughs> kill you. Just kidding. <laughs> I Just will kidding. make you listen. <laughs> uh, all right. So next one comes from. Oh, another one from Laughter Girl O Two. Hey, girl. Hey. Okay. <laughs> uh, this one says, Hello, my lovely AAA hosts. I have been hearing a lot about your upcoming Japan trip, and I'm curious because I would like to go to Japan one day. Uh, by the way, thanks for shooting down my last question about learning Japanese, Oh, Kazuo. shit. Dude, we only have like four female listeners. You got to be nicer to them. Wait, I don't remember this question. Oh, well. Sorry. Uh, what are some interesting sightseeing places that are more off the beaten track? I obviously want to spend my life savings buying everything in Tokyo, and I obviously want to see Mount Fuji, but do you have any recommendations as to what may be some less stereotypical sightseeing things to do so when one is in Japan? Thank you in advance, wonderful people. So if you leave the Ikebukuro station and go kind of like the other way. Don't direct her to a soap land. Away from, the, away from where the anime stuff Jesus. is on the other side. It's, it's, it's definitely off the beaten path, as you would say. Oh, well. And that is where all the love well. hotels are. So you'll know because you'll see. They're going to beat your path. For the first time ever in Japan, in Tokyo. Come on, you're not even going to respond to that? They'll beat my path. Yeah. <laughs> For the first time ever in Japan's history, you will see a man and a woman or a boy and a girl walking, holding hands. 
It's a huge breakthrough. Oh my god. Only as they leave. Only as they leave is a a a love hotel right. wrapped in the wrapped in the remembrance embrace of love. That is off the beaten path, and that is worth seeing. Well, that's or it is a rare animal, two Japanese people holding hands. Okay. There's there, there's no PDA in Japan anywhere, ever. Right. Period. You won't see it. Right. It's very, very, very impossible. I'll show you. Anyway, <laughs> so should we answer this question for real? Yeah, probably. I mean, you know way more about traveling Japan than I would, so... What do you okay. know of some, some, some not-so-stereotypes? Because, like, of course there's always, like... Um, you know, the big things that you want to hit, like what Sega Joy Plus and all that yeah. stuff and, you know, the shrines and all that. Um, near where I lived up in Ibaraki, there's a town called Ushku. Ushku. That Ushku has the world's largest Buddha. And when I say the world's largest, it's like it's like 27 times as tall as the Statue of Liberty. I'm not even kidding. Holy crap. I'm man. not even kidding. They have they have like a diagram of how big the Statue of Liberty would be next to it. And then Statue of Liberty comes up to like its shin. That's how big this thing is. Have you ever been to the Statue of Liberty? No, I haven't. Oh, okay. I have. It was, it was cool. This thing is giant. It's the Ushka Dai, Dai Buddha or whatever. Dai Butsu or whatever. It is huge. It's a little tough to get to. Mm. Uh, you'll have to take a train to Ushku and probably either take a taxi or, or get a rental car to get to it. But damn, it's worth seeing. It is, it is, it is insane. It's like a mountain. All right. That's how big it is. And they're like gradually covering it in gold. What? It's giant. Just because? I mean, yeah, just because. All it's, right. Well. So there's a, so that's an interesting one, but you probably won't go there because you know it's kind of out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, I mean, I having not been to Japan, uh, I, I would just say, um, try to like find non-tourist places. Like actually make your way into the city and like just go to like uh, restaurants and bars and things like that that the the locals frequent. That's what I like to do whenever I go to a new place. Like. You know, there's always like, oh, we're going to go on these tours and everything that are, that people go on all the time when, you know, when they're visiting. But I like to actually get mingle with the natives. So, you know, try that. Here's there. A, I have a good one here. Yeah. Most people just do Tokyo and like Osaka and Kyoto. Right. But if you go on the other side of the main mountain range on Honshu, the main island, there is not there is Nagano, another big city. Okay. Near Nagano, there is the Jigoku Dani. Jigoku meaning it means... One reading for Jigoku is hell, but like... Holy crap. <laughs> Jigoku Dani Wild Monkey Park. And if you go in the winter, you can trudge through the snow to get to this through this monkey, through this park to get to these monkeys. And yeah. they, they're like dozens and dozens and dozens of monkeys chilling in these like natural hot spring pools. I don't trust monkeys. Surrounded by water. They can't do anything. They're harmless. I don't know. I've seen Planet of the Apes, dude. They're like tiny monkeys. They can't monkeys. be trusted. They're tiny little cute monkeys. Yeah, that's what they want you to think. They're like, they're like capu capuchin monkeys. You know, they're little. And they're like, they just chill in these hot spring baths because the, everything else is freezing cold and you can't get in with them. But you know what would be cool, which is kind of a tourist thing, but still would be fun, is the, um, was it the Nara deer? Yeah, Nara? Nara? No, yeah. They will, eat, they will eat your clothing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that all might right. be cool. But that's all, that's a super touristy thing to do. All right. Uh, next mailbag comes from Cloud Chaser. What's up, ladies? Talking all about, talking to all of you. Okay. <laughs> nice. Hi. <laughs> um, hold on. Just had a quick laugh picturing Mitsugi and Kazuo in Sailor Moon cosplay. Hmm. That would never happen. Well, never say never. I'm way too jacked for that. I would never fit. <laughs> okay, so I had a question, but this makes for a better one. Mitsugi and Kazuo. Perfect. So if you had to choose 
Which female Sailor Moon character is you? Ooh. I'm Sailor Mars. That's a good Sailor question. Mars. That is a really good question. Sailor Mars. How are you Sailor Mars? Because she's the hottest one. That's Well, I would say you're more like a... What's the one with the short hair? Sailor Mars? No, it's not Sailor Mars. That's what I am, though. The one with the short hair, like the the smart one? Ray Hino? No, you're not Sailor Mars at all. You know what? Let's let the chat decide. Chat, if Mitsugi and I God were... God damn it, don't take this from me. If Mitsugi and I were Sailor Moon characters, which ones would be B? Which character do you feel most represents you? Who, who could you do the best cosplay of? And then he wants the girl's opinion, but they're not here. Anyway, so right off the bat, Mercury. Someone's a Mercury. Well, I don't know if they're talking about you. Oh, Mercury's the short-haired one. I am very uninterested in Mercury. Who, who, who are you? Uh, Bcom says I'm Sailor Venus. There so, you go. Which one's Sailor Venus? The blonde one? I don't know. One of the blonde ones, I think. All right, next mailbag comes from Loth. Loth? It says, I recently watched Showa Genroku Rakugo Shinju. After you guys gave it such a glowing review, and holy crap, was it good. Oh my god, the, the, the last episode where he's doing his final performance or whatever, one of the best moments I've ever seen in an anime ever. Ever. Yeah. Oh, uh, side note, Mitsuki, you're Chibi Moon. You're that, oh, little, shit you're that little girl. <laughs> Get that shit out of here. Uh, Alright, so Lolf continues, I know that- what do, you, what, what do you think? What do I think you are? Yeah. I think you're it doesn't matter what oh, you think God. I am. <laughs> you're definitely the short-haired one. For sure. Because she's like the smart one. And she's I'm little, Roshi. And she's a little prickly. I'm Master Roshi. Yeah, From I Sailor and the Seven Balls. Oh, no. Close enough. Oh, no. <laughs> Keep reading. Um, all right. I know that each of you have methods for picking shows each season, but my question is, how do you find such great shows that have little to no buzz among all the shows each season? Or is it that you guys watch so many shows each season you have a greater chance of finding the good ones. Great question. Because there are a bunch of shows that we find that are amazing that are not very popular. It happens quite often. So I think for one, um, each and every season we go through, uh, each of the hosts goes through every show coming out that season. At the very least, like we scan through the the premises and like their cover art and all that stuff. But um, Mitsuki, would you please stop kissing your bicep? I just love it. That's so weird. Why? (laughs) Anyways, I'm, put, I'm putting D ball on my bicep. Oh God, you gonna put D's 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 balls, balls in my bicep? On your bicep. Um, so, anyways, what was I saying? Yeah, we, we go. Each of us goes through all of the shows, um, at the very least, just to see what each show's about before, uh, you know. But then we also like pick our top fifteen. We end up with our top five, so that's like twenty shows right there that we are watching at least the first three episodes of. Yeah. So yeah, we we watch a crap load of anime. That's how we find that's how we find this stuff. All right. Good? Yes. Creepster writes, Do you guys know of any good or decent anime about math? Oh my god. Like in the movie, The Beautiful Mind follows around a mathematician. Also, in the imitation game follows around a mathematician who tries to break out an un- unbelievable unbreakable code during World War II. These two movies I thought were good movies. Are there any anime like that? Holy crap. Wait, anime about math? Yeah. I mean, I'm doing it, but I have no idea. I don't know if there's necessarily anime about math, but there are like animes uh, about like finance and stuff. Like, what's that one? C something or other? The Money of Control. Yeah, yeah like, isn't that about like finance? Or I don't something? think it's really about finance. I don't know. I just know the name of it. And I, I remember somebody talking about it, but 
Well, Spice and Wolf has a lot of like economic bartering and stuff in it, but that's not really like about math. It's like the last thing you want to do when you get out of work is go home and like watch yeah. your, watch watch an anime about math. So, they could have an anime about when I was in the math league in high school and some of the adventures we went on in our overnight trips. I can tell you a story about how I fell asleep during every math class ever. So I yeah, well, so in ninth grade I was failing math, right? Algebra. Um, for the second time, because I took it in eighth grade and I failed it. And then they were like, all right, well, I because I was in advanced classes and but I just somewhere around seventh grade, probably seventh grade is when I gave up on life. And and so um, interesting. So, yeah, I wasn't doing well in school. So I ended up having to retake algebra in ninth grade, which is when everybody normally takes it. Um, but I was failing it there because I just didn't care. And my teacher said that, look, I will let you pass if you join the math league because they need another person. And I was like, all right, I'll do it. And so we would get out of class and like go to like nice. trips and stuff to nice move to take these like math um, competition to these math competitions. And sometimes we'd have to like stay overnight in hotels. And I also joined because there was these two cute girls on the team. So I was like, all right, of I'll course, do it. as you do. Joshua Caleb in the chat says, "Five brain is about puzzles." Uh, so yeah, what I was saying is that there could be an anime based on my adventures when I was in the math league. There my, you go. My my suggestion is Google it. Good answer. Next mailbag. Next mailbag comes from Icy Rose. It says, hi, AAA crew. After listening to your discussion on the video game oh, Mount God. Rushmore. Oh, gods. Yes. That was a hobby addict's epic argument. Go yes. listen to that. <laughs> and hearing Kazuo mention that Capcom was no longer relevant. Well, hold on. I didn't say they were no longer relevant. You did. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. Not exactly. But they're not. He's about to rip into you, I think. Um, let's see. No longer a relevant company in gaming or at least in the mainstream gaming. It got me thinking about the state of Japanese gaming in general. Okay. Uh, do you think that Japanese games in the West are a dying breed? I found yes. Uh, yeah, I would agree. Uh, I found the games with more hype these days are coming more from the West. Do you think studios in the West could replace some of the larger titles Japan produces? Interested in your thoughts? So well, Japan doesn't produce big titles anymore at all, except for like the obvious ones like Final Fantasy and Zelda, because right. Japan is honestly a tiny market for gaming compared to Europe and the U.S. Yeah. There's three markets. But at one point, they were just like a monolith of like yeah, of game development during yeah. the, you know, 90s and, well, really the 90s, I guess early 2000s. But it's well. like now, now the U.S. is the biggest gaming market, okay? Oh, by far, yeah. But you hardly see Japanese games in the U.S. market, and other than like your Final Fantasy and your Zelda and some other obvious ones like Mario and whatever, yeah, the Japanese gaming is definitely declining. It's kind of sad because I like a lot of the stuff Japan puts out. Yeah, yeah, yes. I mean, well, I, I, I do too. I, I like. I'm always looking for a good JRPG. Unfortunately, there's not a lot of good ones lately. I mean, there's a couple. I think a big problem is it's the same thing that Japan always does, where they find something that works and then they just stick with that forever and never change it and never evolve. There's always Persona Five. That's gonna be big. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know. I look, Persona's always been good, but again, like. Has that evolved? Not really. Bcom is sarcastically dropping names like Dark Souls, Mario, Pokemon, which come out like once a year. Yeah. I mean, every Mario game and every Pokemon game for the last four years doesn't even equal the sales of just Grand Theft Auto V. So it's a fact. Yeah. I mean, they, they have their, their staples, but... I don't know. GTA uh, 5 sold like 63 million copies or something. It was ridiculous. 
Like oh yeah, they, yeah. I mean, there's insane. obvious games like like obviously the Nintendo titles are big. Right, of course. And Dark Souls is big, even well, though they're, even though they're all, done with well, them. Well, to say the Nintendo t- titles are big is is also tricky because they're big for Nintendo, which is to say that if you have a console that sells 13 million units, the highest selling game is only going to have well, a couple million I mean, sell. Fair enough. Yeah, but like on the. Okay, but if you go back to like the Wii, I guess. Yeah, if you go back to the Wii or, or the, the DS. Yeah, the DS. The DS. Yeah, 3DS. Whatever. But if you're talking about like home console sales for games, it's like the highest selling game is not going to have anything compared to. I think BCOM is having fun trolling us. Yeah. Let's move on before we get sucked into this battle. Okay. The answer is yes. The Japanese market is getting smaller and smaller. Sure. Well, but, you know, here's hoping that... I mean, uh, uh, Sony is doing great. It doesn't mean I don't love Japanese RPGs. But then, like, really, Sony's games are all American-made. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you look like the biggest games on the PlayStation, and it's, like, Uncharted. Which Sony is Computer Entertainment Studios is... Yeah, for the most part. All right. Yeah. Um, Godius Maximus writes, Dear Chinese cartoon enthusiasts... <laughs> oh, he's making a joke. Yeah, it's a joke. There has been a recent trend amongst older franchises to release new uh, film series instead of a TV series. Examples about uh, Space Battleship Yamato, Gundam, upcoming Cyborg 009. One of the, on um, the one hand, this gives us really high pr- uh, quality products that aren't constrained by the time and financial limits of TV production. On the other hand, this severely limits the possible growth of these franchises as they typically don't pop up on the radar of the average anime viewer due to not fitting in with typical seasoned schedules and having limited legal viewing options. What do you guys think of this strategy? Do you think this is the best direction? Uh, Well, after your name came out and shattered records everywhere, kind of rewriting the rules. I think um, one of the things that Godius... uh, is, is bringing up that maybe, uh, maybe I don't know if he hasn't thought about, but it, it, is that a lot of these films, they don't care how well they do streaming. Like, they don't care at all about whether or not they're successful in the English-speaking world. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's about whether they can make their money in Japan. As you've discussed before, yeah, it's, the Japanese market is 90-something we're, percent. We're irrelevant. Of, yeah, so like... W- you know, if they're going to make a space battleship movie or a cyborg movie, cyborg zeros or nine movie or whatever it may be, they don't, they don't care at all about how it does in streaming services. We shouldn't be irrelevant, but we are. But we are. Yeah. We should not be. If they're smart, they will change their mind about that. Sure. Yeah. Look, I mean, but you're asking, to, yeah, I get what you're saying and I absolutely agree. Like if, if they were smart, then they would be like, oh, well, you know, we have this huge market just sitting over here and we're not doing anything with. There's a big money tree in every country. With bills to be plucked, <laughs> basically, yeah. And Japan's like, eh, we don't want those money trees. We got a money tree of our own, right? So I, yeah, it it would be a good move for them to care, but they don't. So um, as long as it's successful in Japan, that's that's all that matters to them. And okay. so far, they're being, as you said, with your uh, not your life, um, your name, hugely successful. Yeah, there will be more companies will will be trying to make films that will be successful in theaters now that your name has blown has blown. The record books out of the water and has rewritten how things, how the game is played. Right. All right. Next uh, mailbag comes from Kimba Lionheart. It says here, if each of the hosts were given a death note, ooh, what top three anime characters of 2016 would you write down and why? Um, I would pretend like Udada Meirocho came out in 2016 and I would kill all three of them. <laughs> okay. Well, there you go. 
Okay, that's an answer, but not a. It is factually <laughs> correct. An answer. <laughs> yeah. Um, what top? What anime characters of 2016 would I kill? I would kill the fat god of destruction from from Dragon Ball Super. Oh my god! I, why are you still watching that? That's the question. Give up. I'm, I'm like it, I'm like you know they're on like episode 80 now. Yeah. I. And I, I I think I only watched up to like 23 or 27 or something like that. And then I was like, forget this. Um, I don't know. Who would I kill from 2016? Uh, that pedophile from Super Lovers. Yes. <laughs> I would kill yes. him probably. Uh, Fist bump for that one. Nice. Boom. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know who else I would kill. Yeah. All right. Good question, though. Next mailbag is from the Creep Store again. What shows have guys seen that had epic scenes that made you guys feel almost proud? Like whispering or yelling, yeah. It could could have been when someone finally dies, getting just justice, finally achieving something, etc. Oh, that's a good question. So like, okay, so ep- okay. Epic the, moments. Yeah, the first one that comes to mind is Goku first turning Super Saiyan when Frieza kills Krillin. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and like he just like loses his shit and just like ah, and yeah, that that was like an insanely epic moment for me, especially as a kid watching that. So that's the first thing that comes to mind. Okay, I'm I got to, a whole bunch of these. Oh, do you, man? Yeah, see, you're, yeah you're okay. I, I mentioned some of these before, but like okay, so obviously the the last performance of Gendoku Rakugo Shinju is where he basically tells the story of his life in like five minutes, and it's it's just ridiculously masterful. There's that. There are there is the 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 fight at the end of um, Hunter Hunter between the the Kimura Ant King and the mm. and the old man who's the head of the Hunter Guild Association. That is such badassery. I don't know what else to say about that. There's there's the scene at the end of the Twelve Kingdoms when when Yoko shows up and puts down the rebellion that's happening. Man, she, you got a lot of she, these. Okay. There's the scene and now and then here and there when Sarah escapes from Hollywood and like tastes her first breath of fresh air and like like years and like cuts her hair with a knife and then dashes off into the darkness into the desert. That's an awesome scene. That's a gritty ass anime. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen that. Most people probably listening haven't seen that. Now and then here and there is some gritty shit. Right before she escapes, a soldier is trying to rape her and she bludgeons him to death with a rifle. Jesus. And then, I mean, it's pretty intense stuff. That is nuts. But it's awesome. It's super good. Yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to think of like uh, epic. I, I'll tell you. And um, I was uh, I was talking to you earlier about. I recently went back and just started watching for no reason Naruto, like the first couple episodes, and like there are so many scenes in that show, even the first episode, that are just um, like in the I, I don't know that really like move me and like excite me. Like when in the first episode he uses his uh, Kagebushin Nojutsu and like beats the crap out of that one bad teacher guy. Like that was such an epic Kagebushi moment. No <laughs> that was such an epic moment. And then like afterwards, when like his teacher Aruka like accepts him, and like that's all he ever wanted was to be accepted and loved by someone. And it's like such an epic moment. The Rock Lee Gara fight's pretty badass, dude. When he dude. drops the weights, when he like when he has like the weights on it. And I think that don't they say like in Japanese like discipline or some crap like that. And like they they have writing on them, and he it's like takes badass. them off, and they're like, "What's that gonna do?" And he drops them, and then just the ground explodes, and you're like, "Holy crap!" And he just like disappears. So sick. Another sick moment. Uh, Roy Mustang from Fullmetal Alchemist the movie, 
where they is it the movie? Yeah, it is the movie, um, the Conqueror of Shambhala, where they um, come back through the portal and like the the like undead army is like fighting everyone and Roy Mustang's been like in exile and you know hasn't used his abilities and stuff like that. And like everybody's getting their ass kicked and he just shows up and it's just like snap, snap, boom, and just like blows everybody up. And it's like, ah, so badass. The Addicted Hero says it's been a while since Mitz has waxed lyrically about now and then here and there. Did I ever tell you the story about how I about how I showed that as an anime at at my anime club in college in the next in the next week? Like a ton of people weren't there because it's just so so depressing. So gritty. Yeah. Love it. All right. Um, next mailbag. All right, yeah. Uh, let's see, where are we? Next one comes from Fear Junkie. Uh, it says here, my question is, hey, podcast, my question is, uh, are there any Western franchises that you think could have good anime adaptations? I personally think the tabletop RPG franchise Vampire the Masquerade would make for quite, or for a very gritty and intense anime series. Uh, Vampire the Masquerade has a lot of interesting themes like clinging to humanity Despite an existence as an undead predator, clashing vampire factions and infighting in the name of achieving more power, both in terms of influence over others and supernatural strength. I have been a longtime anime addict. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm reading the next person's mailbag. Lol. And then what the hell are you doing? Yeah, I don't know. I thought it was continuing to the next page. All right. So, okay. So Western franchises that we think could make good anime adaptations. Um, so when you say Western franchise, I mean, he's talking about Stranger a table. Things. Game of Thrones. I don't think Stranger da, da, Things. Dun, 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 dun. Maybe Game of Thrones. I don't think Stranger Things. Why? Because Stranger Things is. It's got little kids. Perfect. Yeah. It's like Higurashi, practically. It's like little kids getting snatched up by, by a demon. Yeah, but Stranger, but Stranger Things is so Americana, like, 80s so it's 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 80s America is like a major theme of that show. So is so is um so is JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Diamonds are diamonds are unbreakable, but people are loving that. Uh, I don't think that's necessarily as 80s as like Stranger Things. Literally, like the one of the characters is is 80s America. Stranger Things. So I mean, it could work, but I don't see a Japanese anime company making a show about kids in America. They should. Yeah. Oh, that's not a bad idea. Because Japan loves America. Well, then why don't they? I mean, I guess, what, they're Space Brothers, I guess, but they're Japanese, but they're in America for part of it. Most of it. Yeah. Uh, I can't think of anything else that really takes place in America. Um, I don't know. Oh. Bacano. Um, What's that baseball one? Major. Major part of it is in America. Yeah, about yeah. half of it. So, I don't know. Um, but yeah, other franchises, I'm thinking like D&D. Like a Dungeons and Dragons anime, that'd be dope. I think Stranger Things. <laughs> okay, that's what you're sticking with. All right, which map are we on now? Uh, we are on the one from my waifu is my waifu is uh, Lafille. Right, oh. I have been a longtime anime addict who has delved into almost all genres and am just simply enthralled by it with anime itself. But my girlfriend of seven years doesn't seem to take any interest in it. Leave her. Just kidding. <laughs> Is there any anime you can suggest that might get her to be more optimistic about sharing my second love with her? Yeah, your name. Oh, sure. Yeah, that'll definitely work. I mean... It, anything from Shinkai, Yeah, basically. I think it really depends on what she's into. Like, I mean, I don't really know anything about her, so it's difficult to say what she might, may or may not like. Um, I think Super Lovers. God, no. Pupa. Ugh. 
Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it depends on what she's into, but uh, I like what you said about Shinkai's films. Um, gosh, I, you know, it's, I got it. What? Most dangerous geist. Oh my god! When the when the orbital satellite falls to Earth and yeah. he comes out of the orbital orb, orb, the orbital satellite, just show her. The, there is an awfully good shot yeah. of Geist's buttocks. Just show her the last episode of Berserk. The sight of Geist's buttocks, his most dangerous buttocks, would instantly provide her the the enthusiasm and the motivation to fall in love with anime, and maybe she'll say yes. We got some. Uh, we got some. Selections from the chat. We've got your lie in April, 91 days, Blood Sea. No, God, no. Uh, Blood Sea? They're, she, they're kidding. Yeah, no. Kiki's Delivery Service. That's not bad. Chihayafuru. Uh, That's a good one. I still think Geist's Buttocks is the best. <laughs> Geist's Buttocks. Yep. I don't know about that. Next one. Next one comes from Peepo? Peppo? I like Peppo. Peppo. It says here, I am planning a trip to Japan in between May and August. Probably just stay for around a month. Wow. What is the most unexpected, expensive thing in Japan? The answer is prostitutes. Those are expensive. Just kidding. Uh, but seriously. Cantaloupe. Cantaloupe, really? Yes. Isn't peanut butter really expensive too? Or? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's not real either. Their peanut butter is mostly butter. It's like, you know, our peanut butter is like peanut 100% peanuts. Yeah. Theirs is like butter, but with peanut like a tiny bit of butter? peanut. Yes. That's ridiculous. Dude, you can buy a watermelon in Japan for like $90. And aren't they like small yellow watermelons Yeah, they're or little. They're not yellow. They're, they're, they're green, but they're, okay. they're little. That's funny. Yeah, fruit is probably oh my not God. easy to come by in Japan, I would imagine. If you get like a piece of fruit as a, piece, as a dessert with your dinner, it's like a big deal. I mean, it's expensive. Yeah. So fruit, peanut butter. I don't even like cantaloupe. <laughs> and honeydew is terrible. But you will pay a ton of money for a honeydew. I don't even know if I've ever had a honeydew. Honeydew is the green equivalent of a cantaloupe. Okay. Cantaloupe is orange, right? Huh. Okay. Right? Yeah. Are you with me? Yeah. Honeydew so far, is so green. good. All it's, right. It's, it's a, honeydew, is, honeydew is the fruit that's always left over at the bottom of the fruit salad. Nobody wants it. <laughs> so there's just tons of it left over. Okay. I don't even know if I've ever had it before. Good man. Uh, Eastside Motel 6 in the chat says the answer is undershirts. Japan is so hot and humid in the summer. It is pretty hot. Yeah. Not as hot as Florida. I don't know if it's expensive, but difficult to find good deodorant in Japan, from what I hear. And they toothpaste. don't have antiperspirant. Yeah. Toothpaste does not have fluoride. Yeah. So not necessarily expensive, but something to keep in mind. A good dentist. A good dentist is expensive in Japan? It's very hard to find it. Oh. All right. Well, next mailbag here, and I think this is our last one, uh, it comes from Shizuo. So Mitsuki, you want to read that one? Are there any anime that have taken you out of your comfort zone but turned out to be good? Oh, that's a good question. Something that's taken... I don't know if I have a comfort zone. <laughs> well, Super Lovers took me out of my comfort zone, but I wouldn't say it was wouldn't good. wouldn't say it was good, yeah. Um, I don't... No Game, No Life took me out of my comfort zone, but I wouldn't say that was good either. Yeah. Um, maybe Free. Because, like, going into it, like, I... I'm like obviously not really into like pretty boy anime, that kind of stuff. And then I watched, I'm like, man, this is actually a really good show. So yeah, I'd say that if anything was not in my comfort zone and now I'm like, oh, it's an awesome show. I really like it. You know, I watched Elfin Lead last night, part of it with a friend Ooh, of mine. Boy. Because he was just like, I want to watch something violent. And I was like, okay, well, oh, okay. What's on? I was like, what's on Netflix? Oh, Elfin Lead. Um, that 
sort of takes a person out of their comfort zone. But I, I wouldn't. I don't know if it's. I really enjoyed Elf and Lead. Some people would say it's good. Some people would say it. It's all over the place. I really liked it. I think, um, and I, I know I had spoken about it before. Like I really connected with. It sounds crazy, but I really connected with the character. Lucy? Yeah. Like, I'm going to slice your arms off, Lucy? Not that I want to slice people's arms off, but like uh, how she was treated as a child and some of her issues that she had. So I was like, oh, wow. Yeah, I kind of connect with that. But so Elf and Lead, I thought was a really good show. Super violent. Insanely violent. It's very violent. I mean, the first five minutes of that anime are crazy. Yeah. The The first image is a severed arm with blood coming out of it. Yeah. And then, like, you get full frontal nudity for, like, 10 straight minutes. So ridiculous. Holy crap, yeah. And then that one fight she has with the other girl that in the graveyard, I think it was. Yeah. Cuts all her, cuts her arms Jesus. and legs off. Insane. It's pretty sad. Yeah. Poor uh, Nana. Is that her name? Nana. Yeah, that's yeah. the one who gets messed up. Yeah. All yeah, right. Yeah, she didn't have much of a shot. She didn't have the battle. She wasn't battle tested. No. She had she had the talent, but not the, but not the practice. On that note, we are going to take another anime news break. When we return, we'll be doing our impressions on several shows from the winter 2017 season. And what might those be? Those would be Akiba's Trip, Urara Meiro Cho, Demi Chan wa Kitari Tai, El Dive, El Some, and Fuka. Fuka me? Fuka you! Guys, buttocks! This is Mitsugi, and it's time for your second anime news break. Starting off, some Sailor Moon news. Well, the Sailor Moon R movie had been premiered on January 13th in Los Angeles and had an expanding run to over 300 theaters across the United States beginning way back on last Friday. However, it looks like there's also going to be some screenings in Canada the Cineplex Theater Group announced that they, they that they will be screening the film on March 1st. Viz Media, who owns the property, is going to be revealing more details about on, at a later date about the movie and its release schedule. So for those of you that are fans of Sailor Moon and are living in Canada, and you were so wishing you could have watched the movie in American theaters, this might be your chance, so look out for more details. More movie news of animated films, Ghost in the Shell is going to be getting a theater release in the United States on Wednesday, January 25th, which may be the day that you're listening to this podcast. The original 1995 film, Ghost in the Shell, is going to be screened in selected cinemas on that day, so you check your local listings to see what the theaters are exactly that are going to be holding the film, because it looks like it's only a select handful But it's pretty neat to see old classic anime films getting updated theater releases in the U.S. It's only going to be one day only, so for those of you that are fans of the Ghost in the Shell franchise, don't miss out on this opportunity. Next up, Fate Grand Order is getting a virtual reality project for PlayStation VR. Type Moon announced 
at their recent festival event on Saturday that the game, the smartphone game, role-playing game, is going to be getting a virtual reality project that will be coming out on PlayStation VR. And the name of the game is Fate Grand Order Virtual Reality featuring MASH Curie Light. So it looks like that this is a pretty big deal and the project will be playable for attendees that if you are at the Anime Japan event in, on March 2017, I don't know that the game has a, currently a release date, but it's good to see that virtual reality games are still being developed in short order, so look out for this from Type Moon coming up in the future. And wrapping up the list, Atlas USA has announced on Wednesday that they're going to be releasing a number of games to the Americas and Europe in 2017 that had never previously been released. This includes Utawariru Mono Itsuwari no Kamen and, and Utawariru Mono Futari no Hakuoro, the second game of the Aqua Plus's Utawariru Mono trilogy is going to be shipping under a different title, The Mask of Deception, this spring, and The Mask of Truth will come out later this year. So, for those of you that are big fans of Atlas, Utawariru Mono, or anime in general, these games are coming to the United States and Europe, so look out for them coming out later on this year. This was Mitsuki, and this was your second anime news break. Now, let's get back to the podcast. Hey, Mitsugi, remember that one time when Kimiko sat on my lap for like the whole after party? How can I forget? Or that time when you were super hungover from partying in Tokyo? Hey, now. We get up to some crazy things on the after parties sometimes, don't we? For sure. And if anybody listening wants to get in on the fun, they can do so by subscribing to our $3 support tier and getting access to our bi-weekly after parties. Just go to aaapodcast.com forward slash join and select the $3 tier. Set up your membership if you don't already have one from the forums. As soon as you're done, you'll be enjoying our full backlog of after parties and have access to every time we release a new one. Don't miss another moment of the crazy. Head to aaapodcast.com forward slash join. And we are back to the 357th episode of the Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast. Tree 57. Tree 57. Yeah. Guess who's back? Back again. The addicts are back. Biatch. <laughs> um, all right. So on this episode, we're going to be doing some impressions for the winter 2017 season. Huge season. Tons of amazing shows. Huge. Incredible. Tremendous. It's big. Um... So we've got a couple different shows. Mitsuki, I know you're going to be doing impressions on three of them. I believe you've got Akiba's Trip, uh, Urara Meirocho, and Eld Live. I'm going to be doing impressions on Demi-chan Wakita Ritai. Kita Ritai. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Fuka. Not to be con- I mean, never mind. Fuku me? Fuka you. Fuku you. So Mitsuki, you want to start us off? After I read the five-star review. Oh, that from is Immoral right. s- Immortal Reaper. 
all of the anime podcasts I have heard. Out of all the Out anime. of all of them. This one keeps me coming back with a variety of topics and hosts. Interesting. Yes, very. Thank you for being concise. Thank you, Immortal Reaper. All right, Occubus Trip. Do you want to start with that? I, I guess. All right, yeah, dude. Do what you got to do, baby. Um, all right, so Occubus Trip was an anime that I was musing about whether or not it was Occubus Trip or Occubus Strip. Yeah. And I think it's both. Oh. Because Occubus Strip, they've basically condensed the anime district of, of, of Occuba to like one major street. Okay. It's a big street, but... Right. Would but, you say it's a strip? Yes, it's a strip. You would You would classify it as a strip. And bec- and I think it's a play on words because they're using like sh- they're using trip, mm. strip, and strip. Wait, you're taking what? a trip to Akiba. Yeah, you're, you're to the Akiba strip where right. there's anime, and then somebody so stripping? you can strip the clothes off people. Wait, and that's what? what this anime? Somebody's is. getting naked in this anime? Well, they don't get naked. Who's getting naked? So let's see here. This is an anime done by oh goodness, there's like a million studios. Or Studio Gonzo. Oh Gonzo, I haven't heard from them in a while. They haven't. They didn't go anywhere. <laughs> so the anime is about a boy whose name is character is one. Character one. <laughs> his name is main character. I actually can't remember his name. His name's Tamotsu. Is it, is it Akiba? Tamotsu Den- Denki guy. And he's like this super otaku guy. So he has like. He can like rattle off a million random facts about anything. They're nerdy instantly, and like you, no, what, no much worse, <laughs> much nerdier than me. He's you, basically. No. And um, he has like his own fantasy series or whatever, where he like quotes from he 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 says quotes from his own books, from his own book. Okay. And uh, he he like he he like abandoned his sister in the middle of Akiba so he could go check out a a, a figure shop that had a figure he wanted. And he finds a girl, a blonde chick with giant breasts called, like, her name is Arisa. And she wants the same figure as him. And so they end up, like, having this nerd moment where they're, like, talking about the figure and the anime and all that. And then another girl named Matome busts in through the wall and she's got a baseball bat. And she says that Arisa is one of the bugged ones. They call them, like, Bagudimono or something. And apparently Arisa is... Can you just say Lisa? Is it Lisa? No, it's Adisa. Okay. Sorry. All right, that's fine. There is there is Adisa in Japanese, but there's also Adisa. Okay. Fine, you want me to just call her Lisa? You can call her whatever you want. (laughs) All right, so uh, Akiba has been invaded by these creatures that are called synthesers, which they just call them bugged one, I think, in the anime. I don't know what the hell this is. Who... Like, prey on the people in Akiba and turn them into monsters and take their energy, and they're just bad. And they can only be defeated by having, by directly exposing them, exposing them to the air, which is genius. Wait, because time the, out. I swear to God, that's what it is. You destroy them by exposing them to the air? That's what, yeah. As in, if they are just around at all, they're destroyed? No, because if you're wearing clothing, do of they exist in a vacuum? Of course, if you're wearing clothing, you don't get exposed to air. So are they like in hazmat suits? No, they're just wearing shirts and pants. But the rest of their faces and arms and are exposed yeah, to the air. Because that makes a lot of sense, right? What 
What? <laughs> it doesn't make sense. It doesn't. Okay. Stop trying to make sense of it. All right. So basically, the solution to defeating them is to like take their clothing off, which is basically Jesus just a, just a way to show a couple seconds of uh, of nudity, sort of before they like poof. This sounds like an amazing show. So the boy, the blue haired the blue haired kid, uh, Denki guy, gets killed by one of these monster people. It's like basically like a giant titted cat girl stabs him in the chest with a broken baseball bat. I mean, if you got to go. Might yeah. as well be by a giant titty cat girl. I mean, well, you know, he, they go through like a like an otaku scene where he like throws himself in front of the red haired girl. He's like a total coward, weak, weak dude. But in like his moment of bravery, his big moment, he jumps in front of her and like takes the hit for, for her and he dies. And in order to bring him back to life, the red haired girl, Matome or whatever, gets on him and is like hump dry humping him and making out with him, his dead body. Oh, OK, well. And it brings him back to life. And gives him some of her power, which makes him very powerful. And so together they are going to defend Akiba and fight off these creatures that are turning the people of Akiba into like zombie monsters. That's the show. <laughs> what? That's what it is. What? I know, man. What? <laughs> yeah. Uh... So going into this episode i thought i was gonna pass this and it wasn't because i thought it was good because i don't think it is but because i don't think there's enough good shows to come up with eight of them to have them all be legitimately good yeah but after talking about it oh my god i had to pick between two shows Look, i really you, don't yeah, want if you don't pass it we gotta pass something else so if you think it's worth oh god if you think it's the best of the worst <laughs> Oh my God! Or not? This is—it's up to you. This is so sad. Pressure is so, on. This is not good. I guess, I guess I'm going to pass it, but it's—it's <sighs> it's not that I want to. <sighs> it's that looking at the list that we've got to work with, I think that there's not, like I said, there's not enough. We're not going to come up with eight good shows. This is a sad day for our heroes. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, <sighs> what should I do here? Should I just play the drop? I guess. I don't think I've ever been this excited. You're excited. Yeah. <laughs> Feel these nipples. I mean, hopefully it's just like so bad it's good. Well, it's very energetic. I can say that about it. I mean, they, they're running around fighting, ripping off people's clothing. The other option, which I, which I was deciding between, and I'm going to do that in a minute. All right. So Josh Caleb in the chat is saying, it's so stupid and dumb, it's hilarious. Okay. That's what I'm hoping for. Hopefully it's like so bad, it's funny. And you're like, all right, this is so ridiculous. So hopefully. Yeah. So I'm going to pass it. It's not good. I wouldn't watch it, but we're passing it. Moving uh, on. All right. Um, oh, that was Akiba's trip, a.k.a. Akiba's strip, where you strip. Jesus Christ. <laughs> what do you want me to say? What have we become? Leave me alone. What have we become? What monsters have we become? It's not. It's the winter season. All right. So my first impression of the winter season is going to be for Demichan Wakatari Tai. It's really not that hard to say. Huh? You're, usually, you're usually quite good with the I know. Japanese. I'm just, at this point, I'm just joking. You're screwing around. Yeah. Okay. Uh, which the English translation is Interviews with Monster Girls. This comes to you from uh, Studio A1 Pictures, who has worked on a bajillion things since the beginning of time. Um, synopsis here on <clears throat> a source of uh, Wikipedia. It says, uh, The story takes place in an age where Ajin, which is demi-humans, more casually known as demis, have slowly started to become accepted into human society. 
Tetsuo Takahashi is a biology teacher who ends up teaching three such demi, hoping to understand more about them while also managing to catch their attention. So the main character, uh, as it mentions, is Tetsuo Takahashi. Uh, he's a teacher at, um, I guess this is like a high school or a middle school. Looks like, I mean, they look like little girls, so I would say middle school, but maybe high school. I don't know. You can't tell. Um, episode one, he, uh, you, you're, you're introduced to him and he is kind of like wanting to do research on these demis, but he's never actually met so one. So he's before. like, how do he Susan Mia? How do you mean? Because all she wanted to do was was meet an alien or an esper. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, yeah. But she had never found one. Okay, that makes sense. So yeah, the episode one, he's like, oh man, I, I you know I want to try to meet one of these. So I can like do research on him and stuff. Um, and he's like, but they're so hard to find. And then he immediately finds a vampire and a succubus and a what do they call them? Um, a Dullahan. Dullahan and another girl who's like a snowman or whatever she is. Like so he's so he's Haruhi. Because Haruhi finds a yeah yeah. Haruhi finds an Esper in like three episodes. Right. So like well episode one he finds all of them basically. Oh okay. Because they all go to his school and they're all his students and well except one of them's a teacher. Those. Dude, what were the odds? You're telling me. What are the odds? Especially of that? considering there's only, I think, two or three Dollahans in the entire world, and one of them just happens to be one of his in students. In the whole world? Yeah. Well, they have no head. So normally you would. Well, they die. have a head. It's just removed from their body. But normally that would kill you. Well, they're magic creatures. Oh. Um, I've never heard of a Dullahan before in my life. So I would just say a headless person. Yeah, I guess so. Um, kind of like a headless, headless horseman type situation, except no horse. Um, so anyway, so he meets all of these characters. Did you mention the snow woman? Yeah. Okay. I said like snowman type character, but I didn't know what she was called. Is the snow woman kind of hot? No, it's it's a little girl. I mean, oh, like, it's a girl. Yeah, a little girl. Okay. Um, I mean, she's a cute girl, I guess. It would it'd, it'd be better if she was like the 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 mysterious substitute teacher. No. So yeah. the teacher, it, this, there's a succubus teacher. Yes. Um, Pass. <laughs> but she is. No, no, you know what? You know what? Oh, wait, wait, wait. Just kidding. I didn't let him finish. What's wrong with you? <laughs> I didn't let him finish. So, the succubus. <laughs> Good God. <laughs> Anyways, so the succubus teacher is very aware of her abilities and is um, concerned about affecting other people. So she dresses like in very baggy clothes and wears glasses and all that stuff and puts her hair up and like tries to look like as uglied up as possible. Um, and tries not to come into contact with people because if she like makes skin to skin contact with a guy, then he'll like have like uh, just eroticism take over him, his mind and body. And all eroticism? Stuff. Like he just gets like really hot and bothered. Is his name Mitsugi? Yeah. No. Um, and so he starts like interviewing, and this is, you know, again, we're just talking about the first three episodes. So he starts interviewing the vampire girl who she can go out in the sun, she just gets overheated. Oh, um, so which is kind of cute. She's kind of cute. They're they're all they're all cute. Show sounds pretty freaking sweet. Like I mean, the show is basically cute vampire girl succubus. Woo. Okay, <laughs> the show is basically um like blank slate male character interacts with cute girls that all fall for him. It's one of those shows. Which I mean, okay, you know. So it's pretty like it's we've seen that concept a billion times. Um, several times this season, in fact, several shows that I'm doing impressions on are the same similar concept, um, but it's different in that they're all these unique kind of like demi-human characters. 
Um, three episodes in, I mean, it's not terrible. <laughs> um, oh, that's it's not terrible. It's not something that really interests me. I know some people are really into it because it's cute girls and people like to watch cute girls be cute. So if that's what you're into, then, you know, have at it. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, but if I'm looking for shows that I think are going to be the most interesting for me to do a review on this season, this is not quite one of them. So, yeah, I'm going to have to fail. Uh, Demi-chan wa kitari tai. So we're not going to let um, Cleveland finish? <laughs> you can let him happily finish. ever after. Of course, Elizabeth. What a pile of shit. Okay. <laughs> Trillanis in the chat says the Dullahan is head over heels for him. Oh, shit. But unch. Oh, my God. Yeah, like all the girls are in love with him. All right. Too. So I'm doing the next anime I'm going to do is called Udara Meirocho, which is basically an anime that, that, we, that I will be using uh, as a training material source for how to handle Moe girls for the Church of Mitsugi. They're all telling you to fail Akiba and pass Demi-chan. <laughs> You've enraged the chat by what? failing. What? You could have passing. passed Demi-chan. I don't want to pass. No. You don't want to pass it. Why are we even having this conversation? Well, I think their thing is they want you to fail Akiba and pass Demi-chan. There's nothing else. I know. There's nothing. Do you there's nothing else. Do no. You want, do you want to trade? What? You rather, you, you what? Not, not, now you want to pass, pass Demi-chan? And fail Akiba? I don't know. I'm just saying. I well, think I think the chat wants it. I, I'm gonna put a poll up on Twitter. How about right. that? Okay. Why don't you do another impression while I, while I make this poll? Okay. Well, Can then you you're gonna have me? to do two impressions back to back. I'll do that. All right. So all right, all right, chat. So we're gonna put that up on Twitter. Head over to AAA Podcast on Twitter and answer that poll if you think that we should pass either Demi Chan or Akiba's trip. So that is up to you. You decide. Um, all right. So my next impression is gonna be a show called Fuka. Um. So, what the Fuka is Fuka about? Fuku me? Do you ask. <laughs> I'll tell you. Uh, from my anime list, the synopsis we have here says Yu Haruna just moved into you Fukumi. <laughs> Fukumi. Fukumi. Fukayu. God damn it. <laughs> um. <laughs> anyways, uh, Yu Haruna just moved into town and loves using Twitter. Uh, out. On his way to buy dinner, he bumps into a mysterious girl, uh, Fuka Akitsuki, who breaks his phone, thinking he was trying to take a picture of her panties. Uh, how will his new life change? Or his life change, new life change now? Um, so yes, it is about a boy, uh, again, probably in like middle school or maybe like for, maybe first year high school. Um, and he is just some kid, nothing really special about him. Uh, likes to use Twitter a lot, so I guess there's that. Um, I just posted to Twitter. Hey, you could be this guy. Um, and yeah, episode one, he, there's he's like just walking down the road, like tweeting or whatever on his phone, and then a girl is like running and like and it ends up like running into him and knocking him over, and like falls down, and then like she's in a position where you can see her panties, and he's holding his phone. So she thinks that he is taking a picture of her panties, but in reality, he was just like tweeting or whatever. And so she's like, how dare you? Oh, and like, and, you know, like slaps him. him and then like grabs his phone and smashes it before he can say like, well, I wasn't taking a picture of you. I was just tweeting. Um, 
so it turns out they end up at like the same school and um they become friendly and she is i guess like her i think her dad or someone is like a famous track star um and so she they want her to get like on the track team but she doesn't want to because she's not interested um she's more interested is in, like, he gonna fuka her it's possible um no it's not so she she's into music really like speci- a specific artist female artist who the boy actually knows from when they were kids so it's basically a story about him meeting this girl who's kind of like one of these like free spirit type girls and they kind of start falling for each other but then he also knows this girl who's a famous artist singer who they had a thing when they were kids so there's like that love triangle you can't have a thing when you're a little kid i know it's stupid but they do you don't you don't have the hormones or the brain function to have a thing when you're like six i know i know so it just but it's anime i'm raging it's anime but damn it uh and so there's like a love triangle thing um and the girl main girl ends up wanting to like start a school band with him even though he, none of them know how to play instruments. Oh, so it's K-On. Yeah, kind of. Um, I will say one interesting thing about this show is they have an openly gay character. Oh, which that's, is, un- that's which unique. Is, yeah. Like, so there's this Are boy. They, do they make fun of him all the time? Um, No, not really. He's oh, actually good. he's actually a cool guy. That's good. Like, in the show. Um, they have, like, a couple things. Like, there's, like, one situation where the main character guy and the... Um, the other, the, I don't. I wish I knew the dude's name, but the gay guy. Um, I don't know his name. I'm sorry, but they end up having to like share a room, and so like the the gay character is like, oh, I guess we got to share a room now. Like joking with him, and then uh, the main character is like, hey man, don't say that. Like so they kind of like make it. They kind of like joke about it, um, but it's just like a friendly thing. All right, so that's kind of cool. Um, and he like outward outright says like he's not interested in girls and like he there's one part where he's talking about going to go talk to some lifeguard that he saw that he thought was cute. So it's like, all right, that's cool. Um, but other than that, it's like super standard. Like it's, it's almost like paint by numbers. Like this is what there's a boy who doesn't really have a personality. And then there's like the free spirited girl and then the other girl that he grew up with and there's a love triangle and they want to make a band. And it's like, oh, okay, well. This it sounds is, insanely boring. It's super standard. It's, again, another show that's not horrible, but it's just, like, so standard. Like, I, I don't think anybody's really loving on this show, so I, I'm going to go ahead and fail it. <laughs> Man, you are one pathetic loser. All right, so now I'm going to backpedal to Udara Meirocho, which is an anime that came out from JC Staff. It is directed by Yohei Suzuki, whom has no photo on the internet here, so that's not a real real good start. He did Hentai Oji to Wararanai Neiko, and that's just about it. Okay. Okay. (laughs) All right. Yeah, great. He, um, oh yeah, he did, oh, oh, of course, And, and he directed Shimoneta. That was the big thing that I remembered. So this is about a a town. There's like there's a little there's a young girl who I'm I don't I can't really tell how old she's supposed to be because they keep putting her in like lewd positions, sort of, mm. not like nudity or anything like that. But she's she she her outfit has her showing a lot of skin, 
and <laughs> she'll be like lying on a bed or something, and it just makes you think, oh, this this like cute girl is lying on a bed, and you can see her arms and her shoulders and stuff. And Bcom says in the chat, Urara Merocho is the latest in pedo anime technology. Yeah, it's 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 a little like that. Um, her name is Urara. Oh no 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 no. Her name is Chia. She goes to this town called Merocho, Labyrinth Town, where. She she wants to find her mother and she's like this wild girl so she, so she shows she shows up in town with all these animals following her around like Pocahontas style I guess and her animals start like raiding the market so they're like eating apples and stuff and everyone gets mad at her she ends up at a school um where for diviners like fortune tellers and she is going to start learning how to tell fortunes with, with, with these other couple, like few girls whose names are Kon, Kome, and Nono. <laughs> Nono? Nono. Is and there also Yeah Yeah? There's no Yeah Yeah. Uh, no Yeah? No. Oh. And um, <laughs> so the concept of the show is that it's called Labyrinth Town because they have the, the town divided into sections. And in order to, begin, to gain access to different sections of the town, you have to have enough skill and you have to like graduate to another class to have your rank go up. And when your rank goes up, I guess in this case it's down, you can go to the, to the next section. So Chi has a rank 10, which is a bad rank. Like, you want to be rank 1. She, so she's rank 10, and so she can only go to areas of the town that are rank 10. And her mother, whom they believe is in the town, and they believe she's in, she's in the area for rank 1. Okay. She wants to meet her mother desperately, but she has to, like, learn how to become a diviner and climb the ranks or whatever. And Why doesn't her mom just go to her she should and plus she's, she's a diviner too i think so she ought to know her daughter's there but she doesn't so okay so her mom took off and doesn't want to have anything to do with she her. doesn't know anything about her mother she just knows that she's in this town or she thinks that she is so the show looks pretty nice like the the art is good like it has like a soft watercolor palette to it that kind of looks appealing but the animation is really cut rate i mean it looks it's one of those animes where only one thing will move on the screen ever at any given time. Yeah. So, like, if someone is washing, like, like you could have a whole restaurant full of people, and you could have the two people in the foreground talking with lip flaps, and everyone else in the background doesn't move. Oh, boy. You know, it's not animated really all that well. <laughs> that sounds... Um, and it's really sort of obnoxious. Like, it, it, goes, it goes a little beyond my level of moe capacity. Right. There's a whole lot of, like... There are moments where the, where the girls would just start screaming and doing dumb shit, and I just like roll my eyes at it, and I have a tough time with it. But I think that this show is probably going to be watched by by a, by a few people because it's 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 like a, it's an uber moe cute girl show, and the concept of them graduating ranks is a little bit shonen esque. Hmm. You know, how, like Naruto had to take his exams and graduate and stuff. Uh, to be fair, he never graduated. He didn't. He, he didn't, but that was the premise of the show from the beginning, right? Yeah. Now, that same sort of premise exists here. I don't think that they're going to really do anything with that, and I highly doubt that they're going to actually have her graduate. She'll probably conquer like seven of the ranks all at once, yeah. or she'll save the town and get granted access anywhere she wants to go, or something like that will happen. But the, the, but the premise initially is a little shonen-like. But... I don't think I, I want to pass this because I just can't I can't handle the level of moe in it and it just drives me crazy and the, and the, even the music drives me nuts. So 
I'm gonna fail this one. No, God! No, God, please, no! 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 If you like Moe, or you like a show with like a soft palette, sort of just like a feel-good maybe type of thing, but won't have much substance to it, I think Udara Meirocho is a good candidate for you, perhaps, but it's it's not going to be one of the better shows of the season. There's just not enough there. And the last show is probably one of the worst shows we have. Oh, boy. This well, season. You're, not, you're bearing, not bearing the lead there. Dude, nobody nobody is watching this show. Um, it's called Eld Live, and Eld Live is about a boy named Chuta who is an orphan who lives with his aunt who's pretty hot. She's like the waifu in this anime for sure. And he has like this voice in his head that talks to him. But other than that, he's like a normal kid. <laughs> so he's not really that normal. He has voices that talk to him. But one day he gets basically beamed up to a spaceship in space. Okay. And Sounds cool. Sounds like Guardians a, of the Galaxy. Into a space station for space police. Because he is, he's chosen by their like supercomputer to join their ranks as a candidate for their police force because he has like some special characteristics that make him appealing to the supercomputer or whatever. So, and then the show is like he, they like capture aliens, I guess. That's the show. Okay. In the last episode, he was having like a conflict of, of uh, confidence or whatever because um, he was trying to capture a demon or whatever in his hometown and he ended up damaging the, the, the store where his aunt lives and where she works and like almost killed his aunt. And so they had like this whole moral crisis where he didn't want to like use his power and he didn't want to like cause problems and he was breaking the rules of the police and... But honestly, like I think I fell asleep four times in the twenty minutes of this last episode that that third episode ran. It's four just, out of it's five, Mitsuki so, falling asleep. It's so boring. Like nothing goes on. I I, I couldn't begin to care about him or mm. his situation or the police there or whatever. And I have no reason to believe that this anime will be anything other than just one at one alien per week that they that they capture and then move on, like Scooby Doo. Uh, one ghost a week. That's Scooby, always Scooby Doo's not. That's bad. always a local farmer or something. Yeah, it was Farmer Todd. If you look back, Scooby Doo was that a good show? Yeah, was when, it? Yeah, when you were a kid. Yeah, for sure. I loved it. I think I watched like every episode of that. So they would have the Harlem Globetrotters. This is probably the worst show of the season. Maybe one of them. One of the worst. Mm. It has a six out of ten on my anime list. You know, when it gets down to like the 6.0 rate, it's I think kind that's of shitty. About as, that's about as low as shows go on my animated list. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I, you know what? Just out of curiosity, I'm gonna pull up the seasonal anime oh, and see, see what see what's see what's below it. Well, while you do that, okay. I will tell you, we've had quite a few quite a few people vote on our Twitter poll. Okay, and currently, 80 percent of people have voted for Demi-chan to pass. Really? Yes. So I think that's pretty pretty much a landslide. What was the percentage? Eighty percent. Oh wow. For Demichon. Yeah. So. Okay. You have spoken, well, listeners. Akiba's trip will fail, and Demichon will pass. Congratulations. There's like nothing below this show. There's like it's like the 39th ranked show. What's Idol Jihen? 
the hell is that? I don't know. One room. <laughs> one room. Let's see. Of the shows that we're covering only, let's see. What Of the shows we're covering, I see Handshakers is lower, and that is all. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so should I just play the fail drop now? Yeah. Put it out of its misery. No! God! Oh, no. No! So we didn't have much success this time. Yeah, I mean, well, we've got Demichon, which passed. But I, I think we got a lot of the, a lot of bad things out of the way. Right. Sort of, you know, we're, so we'll have more success next time. Well, look, we ultimately we have to pass eight shows. So eight shows will pass. This is a season where there's like four solid shows that you should be watching, yeah. and that's about it. Um, the rest of them are like, you know, maybe some people will like them and some people won't. But there are four shows that really will stand out. Yeah. I think, and, and with Demichon passing, it's like, again, it wasn't a terrible show. It's just not particularly deep at all. It's just cute girls. So, I mean, you know, I don't think it'll be that bad to watch. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, at least it's funny. Eh, yeah, no, eh, maybe not. Okay. It's, yeah. it's something. Yeah. All right. So, on that note, since we already did our mailbags. Yes, we did. We do not have a mailbag section for today. No, we don't. Uh, that brings the show to a close. Okay. Uh, thank you so much for everybody that joined us live in the chat. Um, of course, you can find us anytime on our website, aaapodcast.com. You can also tie episodes. Well, those are all. Yeah, those are available. Are they? Oh yeah. Hobby addicts. Oh, uh, we also have those. Yeah, where we argue about things. Yes. Or I give you my I'm top ten of things that I'm normally correct about, like no, like like nope. like colonizing were, Mars. Don't you were not correct. Oh yeah, no, I think I was. No, I was proven correct. You were incorrect. I was 100 percent correct. That is false. Um, okay, so yes, aapodcast.com to get access to our additional content, hentai ep- episodes, hobby addicts, after parties, all that fun stuff. Uh, also, check us out on iTunes. Leave us a five star review if you do. Uh, we're also available on every other podcast service that you could possibly think of. Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash anime addicts anonymous podcast to follow the show or join the group and hang out with all the awesome listeners at facebook.com slash groups slash AAA podcast. We actually recently started, um, an additional page linked off of that where you can like trade or sell like anime stuff that you want to get rid of or gift to people. And you can like, it's like an exchange. So that's kind of cool. You can do it with the listeners. Um, Twitter, AAA podcast for the podcast, AAA Kazuo for me. And that's about it. Thank you again for listening. We love you all very much. Have a wonderful night. See you guys next time. Peace. Peace.